This podcast contains explicit content, language, and sexual situations. It is intended for adults 18 years of age and older. These thoughts and opinions expressed are not those of any specific employer, group, or individual. Fed up with the rat race, we decided to sell everything and move to Cancun, Mexico. Now we do what we love. Work, party, and play at the Desire Resorts. After 16 years in the lifestyle, we thought we saw it all. We were so wrong. So wrong. Oh my God, so wrong. Now we want to share the fun that we get to have every day. So come to room 77. Let's play. Hello? Hey, doctor. Yes, Richard Lauren. What's going on? Well, we have a bunch of questions about vaginas, and we're kind of freaking out. Don't freak out. Start from the beginning. Go ahead. We walked into RM on a Tuesday, and the hotel was empty. Just out of random luck, people were checking in, checking out. We go to the pool, and anybody who's been there knows that, you know, it's just packed. Especially by the time we get there, it's like 12 o'clock. Uh-huh. It's packed. Church, you can't yeah. get anywhere. And it's just empty. <sighs> Sun, beautiful. It was the closest desire will look during a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> That's exa- this is how my brain works. Something's not right. Is it a zombie apocalypse? Yeah. And then I can move on to the next choice. You know who's going to be the first zombie? Who? Cece from Cece's Bar. Yeah, she'll be the first to turn. She's right there on the water. I don't know how that makes sense. Don't they come in from... Can't go anywhere. They're not fish. They're zombies. Oh. Like, they don't come in from the water. I think you're thinking of a genre that hasn't That's been invented. Been invented but listen. <laughs> you know. I'm going to write that. You should write something found, down, get a little script a together. So maybe you remember we were off for two weeks and Congress put us back to work. Our furlough was over. So we went back to work. I mean, it was a rough start on Tuesday. Felt like I forgot the meditations. I forgot everything. <laughs> That's how smart I am. Two weeks, I forget everything. Everything. I had no idea what I was doing. I was flop sweating during the intro. I had no idea what I was saying. And then I started saying it back to myself. It was it was like for the first time. And then I started questioning everything, like whether it was the yoni massage or it was the lingam massage. Mm-hmm. I'm like my fingers. I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, I know what I'm talking about, but it all becomes so detached after so much time that when you start thinking about it again, you're like, what the fuck am I talking about? I don't know what I'm talking about. Richard, I'm still on the line. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Sorry, Doc. Totally forgot you're on the phone. I'm sorry. This is sometimes we just go on and on and on. Kind of our problem. We are here with people that we know from Desire. Now, really beautiful couple. It's like hot doctor, hot wife thing going on. It's like like they're too good to be true. Yeah, right? it's like they stepped out of a soap opera. Yeah. So that's who we're talking to now. We're going to get some questions answered. We know you guys from Desire. How many times have you been to the resort? Oh, I'm stumped already. That was an easy one. <laughs> Uh, we've been to the resort uh, many times. How about that? Sounds like a lie to me. (laughs) Now, I believe that you are a doctor, despite what your voice sounds like. (laughs) Now, you and I... You know that I got my medical degree online through YouTube and Google. And sometimes we talk about certain cases when we're together. I will concur with certain patients that you have. You confide in me. I confide in you. Would you say that's accurate? That's accurate statement. Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad you're going along with this play acting. You're doing a fantastic (laughs) job. So anyway... We have a few questions about body parts, and we figured calling you a certified proctologist. I'm not a proctologist, but it probably is covered within my specialty. What we want to talk about is parts of the vagina. I've got some fundamental knowledge in the area, yes. (laughs) Take one guess where I got all of these words. You ready? Kitty, cock sock, cooch, cockpit, whisker biscuit, holster, 
cum craver, fever, juice box, spasm chasm, honey pot, and an axe wound. Do you know, do you know where I got that list from? Uh, I've not reviewed that list. Dr. Jeff, that list came from your wife. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> I did. I'm going to show you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I just want to let you know that that is some of the pet names that your wife gave me for a vagina. Those are some good terms. My first question is this. The the vagina lips, they confuse me. Do they have a specific function? Do they slap away bacteria or something when no one's looking like swatting flies? (laughs) He's already <laughs> I'm being serious. I mean, they're they're there. They're obviously there, and yeah. they're shaped that way for a reason, right? Like an ear. I'll let the doctor. Let us doctors talk. Okay, so for one I- second. I'm not sure that you do a, a satisfactory answer as to exactly why the anatomy is formed in that general shape. It is probably protective in some ways for hygienic reasons and for general physical protection from the vagina, from the urethra. And also from the elements, it's like a little jacket. You know what I mean? Like you pull them together like a little jacket. I like to pull mine together. I put everything inside and tuck it in. Right. I concur with you on that one, Doc. I'm going to... Now, how many are there? There's Is there four? Am I correct? Is there, there are four, outer? yes. There are two minor and two major, yes. I call them inner outer. I don't know what your school called them. <laughs> yeah, so my, minor and major would be usually the terms we would use. I want you to picture a large man at a Piggly Wiggly <laughs> listening to this podcast. That's who you're speaking to. I need you to tone it down just a little bit for my listener. Now, these lips... They're sensitive, right? I mean, they have feeling and and we massage them. They are sensitive. There's no doubt. There are a tremendous number of nerve endings that sit all around that area. We tend to think of the clitoris as an area where there is hypersensitivity, but the whole labia minora and majora all have fairly extensive neurologic background that really do give quite substantial sensation. So I also concur with that. Lauren, do you have any specific questions while we have the podiatrist on the phone? When I hear vulva, it confuses me. That's a very kind of general term for that area. All the outer things? Yes, the outer things. When we do the workshop, we go on just the entrance. As a urologist, you're probably familiar with the circle that sort of goes around just the entrance and like the pubic bone, yes? What is that bone called? I mean, I'm not exactly sure what you mean. You you are talking about the... The juice box bone. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes, there is, there is a ring. It's a fairly substantial size ring, a bony ring, obviously. The beaver bone. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> beaver bone. That's a <laughs> Write that down. If I hook my fingers up right in that entrance, when I go right inside and I go yes. up, right, there's this really squishy part. It's like squishy and it has thin skin and some tissue around it. And it feels like a little sponge. What is that squishiness? You're the gynecologist. Go. <laughs> so that area where it is softer, the G spot is actually different spots for different women. Dogger, I don't need you to jump ahead. Right now, I'm just getting on that squishy part. Yes, there's a squishy part there. Yes. I, it doesn't have any real evolutionary advantage that, that we know of. I think it's a penis pillow. Can we call it a cockpit pillow? Sure. That's yes. fine. I think that's what... Yes. I, I, think like that's, that. I think that's going to go. That's, that's what excellent. Karen would like to call I'm it. still loving beaver bone. Beaver bone. <laughs> she can't get over that. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm going to go up top now. I want to I get to this clit area. The clit, it has a hood that just sort of covers everything. Why is it covered up? Is it shy? We tend to think that that's probably the function of that is to offer some protection to one of the most highly 
neuro-innervated areas of our body. So it's really probably to decrease overall stimulation when it is not retracted. The happy hoodie. Me and Karen. Oh, we must be the same kind of doctor. We do. We read the same abstracts in the morning. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> if you if you look at the areas of the brain where there is neurologic input to that particular area, it's a fairly substantial area of the brain that actually... There's a clit area of the brain? It responds to that particular area. So the idea of having it somewhat protected so that it wasn't constantly stimulated would be of some evolutionary merit. I want to move on to inside the, the vagina. I don't know if you know this as as a bariatric surgeon, but if you <laughs> you move inside <laughs> a list of all the different specialties. This is impressive, Richard. And you go all the way back there, right, towards the cervix. And you feel that little ball back there. It's like if I was a little man and I wanted a punching bag and I wanted to <laughs> go in there and, and do the speed bag. <laughs> what is that little ball thing? Do you know what I'm talking about? He's like Jacques Cousteau of <laughs> vaginas. Like you got in there really deep. Yeah, he does it every week. Are you speaking of the cervix, which does have a... The speed bag. That's what I call the speed bag. It looks a little like a speed bag of sorts, I suppose. And what is, what is the cervix? Oh, so the cervix is the entrance to the uterus. Oh, we don't want to go. We have no reason to be in there. We had just heard from a friend of ours. He was fucking his girlfriend. For- I don't want to hear this story. It grosses me out. I know how it ends. No, I want to hear it. It involves an IUD, okay. which I'd rather step on an IED than talk about this story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Moving on. The, so the cervix is the entrance of the uterus, right, which sits at the end I of the I don't want to talk about the uterus. Would you like to talk about the fallopian tubes or the ovaries? No, no, no. Uh, it's one no, of the we, ground rules here. In the lifestyle world, we just pretend that that stuff doesn't exist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fair enough. Now, I know you're so excited about this, but I want to talk about the G-spot and the skein's gland, which I know you've been waiting for. Can you tell our listener what this gland does essentially? This is what we call a vestibular gland. It kind of sits on the anterior wall of the vagina. It's kind of right below the urethra and Bartholomew's glands. And it is what is thought to be the source of squirting. <laughs> I will say that while we do know that that gland does produce some fluid. You're jumping a little bit ahead. I need you to just stay within your field as a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you just stop us if we're if we're wrong. This is what we tell people. The skein's gland fills with fluid when she's excited. Then it could be a different size and shape in every single one. It could be the size of a pea. It could be the size of a golf ball. But everybody has one. It's just the sort of trick of finding that gland, right? And when this fills with fluid, the nerve endings on this gland get extremely, extremely sensitive. And when you touch that part, it is the same nerve endings that are connected to the clit, just sort of one one side of the same bundle of nerve endings. And this is the G-spot. And when you press up against this spot, because it is attached to the urethra, you can get the sensation to urinate. Is any of that correct? I think you're hitting it very correctly. It is, it is exactly that. And that's why there's a, a fair amount of confusion, the idea of female ejaculation and urination, because they are actually quite similar and very often probably confused. People want to say it's not urine and people want to say that it is just vaginal fluid. It is in fact urine. It's just unconcentrated urine. I think we can agree, especially when they start every squirting class with, make sure you drink nine bottles of water before you come. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That should be your first hint that this fluid is, in fact, coming from your bladder. Most of it. Right. 
So the sensation that they're getting from the skein's gland is triggering an effect to pee. You are releasing a fluid that is not colored like urine. It doesn't smell like urine. It is basically urine that hasn't been made into urine yet. Am I correct, doctor? You are right on. That's, I think as I would explain it is very similar to how you did. I think you did a very good job of that. So I honestly, I don't even know why I made this phone call. I'm, I don't yes. think I'm contributing a lot. I'm not adding a lot to this. The skein's gland is probably what people will think is the source of the uh, of squirting, but it is, in fact, I would agree with you, in any volume whatsoever, it is urine. These glands, the Bartholomew glands that are, they will have a little bit of fluid. Part of that's for vaginal lubrication. Right. It's a mixture. That's exactly right. So, but anything right. that you would see in, in heavy volume is absolutely urine. There are no reservoirs for large quantities of fluid that are somehow released. It doesn't exist. And I appreciate your opinion as a person and as an anesthesiologist. I, <laughs> I mean, that's impressive. Follow that up with, look, whatever gets you off, if that feels good, I don't want people to think that because I like to squirt, it has to be ruined as a psychopharmacologist might agree with me in that the guys that see women squirt, I think there's something triggered in their brain that equates it to men coming. There's a reward. There's a job and, and a reward. Feels good for women, A, accomplishing something like an orgasm, uh-huh. and B, for a guy, look, I made her come. Psychologically speaking, uh, that's sort of... It's the only physical thing you can see about us coming besides our stupid faces and pointy toes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you that's very insightful. I think you're exactly right. Your read on that is exactly right. Honestly, don't know why I called. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. If that's your thing, it doesn't mean that you're into pee play or golden showers or anything like that. It's just your thing. I just, we, Lauren and myself have a, a tiny bit of an issue with selling a gimmick or selling a, a, false. a, a false, it's a falsity. Yeah, it's sort of a it's sort of a snake oil salesman, right? Yes. It's like you're you're making these women and these guys really believe, you know, let's learn how to squirt. All right, I bet you already know how to pee. I, I bet. <laughs> do you know? And I don't know if you'll know this as an allergist. Do you know that if you have to come to squirt, are the two related, or is it just coincidence? I mean, I'll very much speak from personal experience than any real medical background. Which I've met you. There's a lot of people. Go on. <laughs> so my <laughs> sense, my my sense is that those things are unrelated. Many women who actually do squirt, so to speak. Uh, would not necessarily associate that sensation with orgasm and that those are separate. Uh, and then I think that some women will say that they like the idea of squirting, so to speak, but they don't say that's the same as having an orgasm. And most would say they prefer an orgasm. You and me, we're both men, right? I mean, let's just pretend that the ladies aren't here. Have you ever had to pee so hard in the morning or at any point that once you pee, you feel like you came? It's orgasmic. Have you ever? I, I have. I, I I know the sensation. You're like, oh my God. Amen, brother. That's it. Woo. It's not what everybody wants to hear as far as squirting. And I find that often. And there are guys out there, there are gals out there that will look you in the eye and they will say, it's not pee, man. It's not pee. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. As a rectal surgeon, you might be the, the correct person to, to ask. When you are... Are doing that motion to make a woman squirt. Are we pressing close to the bladder? Yes. In fact, if, I mean, at least as I understand what most would recommend is the motion that generates that kind of an outcome. It does. It requires kind of anterior frontward directed pressure across the front of the vagina. And 
rapid motion. Of course, we know that the bladder sits on the front of the So that would seem like, if, if let's put it this way, if I were looking for a way to induce urination, <laughs> the technique that's described, that's what I would use. Listen, if you like squirting, squirt. One last question about the vagina. And as an addiction psychiatrist, you may know the answer to this. <laughs> odor. I want to talk about odor. This is something that women hate. Uh, men aren't very fond of it. I don't believe that the vagina should have an odor. If you smell something, can we assume that it's bacteria? You said the exactly correct thing, which is to say that the vagina should not have an odor under its healthy conditions. It can be all kinds of things. Yeah, so, so certainly bacteria could be a cause, right? Um, there are certain viral structures that can do that. You can get it with different kind of fungal infections, which can cause that. Certainly, yeah, foreign bodies can do that. There are there are lots of things that can cause malodorous. Is it okay from here on out to say, no, lady, vaginas shouldn't smell? <laughs> that is true. Vaginas should not okay. smell. Well, thank you, Dr. Jeff and Karen. We appreciate you calling in. I know for a fact that we're not going to get to see you for quite some time. We miss you so much I, and we can't I miss wait. your penis. And Karen, <laughs> take care of it. Take care of your, your yoni, your vagina. Tuck, tuck everything in your little jacket and pet, pet her beaver bone <laughs> for the love of God. That was, that's a good tip. I'll yeah. do that. Karen, I can't wait to see you again. Your breasts are so beautiful. I love looking at them. Oh, good. And well, maybe we'll maybe we'll go see her. Oh, that would be so good for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about us. Squirting, urine or not urine? That is a really good question. I am unclear as to this point if it is urine. What do you think it is? I think it's urine. Urine or not urine? Awesome. Oh, you got to say urine <laughs> or not urine? I'm going to say not urine because it's more enjoyable to believe it's not urine. Squirting, urine or not urine? Not urine. Urine? Not urine. Not urine. Urine or not urine? Not. Pee. Absolutely pee. It's not. Urine or not urine? A little bit of earth. Oh. Squirting, urine or not urine? Uh, it's not. Do you know where the skein's gland is in the vagina? Do you know where the skein's gland is? I do now. It was a learning opportunity, man. Hello? Hey, doctor, it's Lauren and Richard. Richard had unprotected sex last night, and we have some questions. Sure, what are, uh, what are your concerns? My concerns? Well, um, I don't know. Let me just start from the beginning. Usually on our Friday, we always go to the jacuzzi. We have a drink, and sh this woman was all over me. I mean, all over me. Yeah. And I was having every second of it. <laughs> they were so drunk. And then we saw her the next day, completely different person. Yeah. I think she was really hungover. Well, whatever. I like her better drunk. Um, <laughs> so, and, and then just things started happening. Yeah. Like you swim over and you're like, sorry, I just made out with a girl. I don't even know what. <laughs> sorry. That was her. That was the girl. <laughs> It was that woman. I was like, I'm just made out with someone. I need to let you know it just happened. Every time I turned around, someone was grinding up against me, not grabbing or groping, grinding up against me. And my penis was in a very, very good mood that night. That's fun. I, I was constantly hard. It was just always like, hello, <laughs> pet me. <laughs> then things progressed. There was a person that was in the workshop. You know who I'm talking about. We've met them before. I've always secretly sort of wanted this woman. Mm -hmm. Then she started grinding up. It just became very active. I stood up to get out of the jacuzzi and my penis was pointing towards Saturn. I don't really know who. Someone grabbed my penis and started blowing me. 
And then it turned into two oh, people yeah. blowing me. And then three people blowing yeah. me. I was trying to get the whole jacuzzi in on it, but that didn't work out. So then everybody's ha- blowing me. Yeah. And then you start blowing him. I do like blowing people on the edge of the jacuzzi. And then the other husband was on the other side watching because he was really into watching. Yeah. He was giving her instruction. I love that. And I'm just getting so turned on. And then you're with the other guy who had the biggest penis I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. <laughs> And he had no idea. Yeah, it was it was a good looking penis. A true craftsman would have that penis. I need that for work. Can I borrow that for work? And then I can hear the other husband, not the newbie couple. And he's telling her, just jump on that cock. Is that how it started? Oh, yeah. Come on, baby. You know you want to jump on that cock. Honestly, I almost came from him saying that Uh while she was blowing me. Climb on it. Come on. Fuck that. And I'm like, almost was like, stop, 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 stop. (laughs) So look, I'm hard right now. You had made a comment like, let's all get a bed. Let's get a bed. And I walk over to the bed. I think you said, I have to go pee. And I said, I'm sorry that I know this is really bad timing. I'll be really fast. Right. But the train had already left the station at that point. When you came back, was I having sex? Yes. I was? Yes. Yeah. I walked back to a functioning fivesome. I got to be honest. It was working without you. It really was. It was functioning without you. It was fine. I had no idea. I remember looking at you a couple of times and thinking, she doesn't have a partner. <laughs> As you're thrusting inside of her. She's got to deal with it. I'm in the middle of the sexing. Yeah. So I got, I jumped in and newbie couple was together. You were with her. I talked to the husband and just checking in with him. And he's like, I'm good. I just start watching because I like to watch and I'm watching you fuck her. And I'm like, this is hot. And then I came back around because I felt like um, just having sex with her. I'm not giving the rest of the group a piece of me, which is honestly what they're all there for. So (laughs) I go back around to be with the other girl and let her feel what what an average penis feels like in her mouth because she's been used to that horse cock of her husband's for so long. Mm -hmm. I want to give her a little taste of average. So I do that for a while. And then I come back around the other side because I forget, oh, wait, I'm married and I have a wife here. So then I come back to you and then I want to show you what my cock tastes like because you've probably forgot at this point because of that giant horse cock that's in your mouth. Everybody seemed like they were at this height of of coming. I was like, I want to come on your face, Mm -hmm. right? So in my head, I'm thinking, oh, we're all going to come on our face, right? And I start just furiously just masturbating. (laughs) And I I pictured everybody was going to like get in kind of a semicircle around you. But then it just sort of happened that it was like everybody's just in a circle watching me masturbate. And then I'm, I'm just like, everyone's just watching me masturbate. I'm doing this by myself. It's like you were the leader and then you were. <laughs> no one followed. So I'm just a guy jerking off to On people watching face. me. So then I was like, well, this is awkward as fuck. So I need to come quickly. So then I just started getting more furious. And the more furious I got with my masturbating, the more awkward it got. And I don't know if you noticed how I got out of the situation. I came and I was like. All right, everyone, I'm going to get something to eat. He's sitting there like wiping gum out of my eyes. I just went to the bathroom. They're like, where'd you go? I'm like, I had to get the cum off my hands. I was covered in cum. Well, what about your wife? I don't know. Which is so not like you. I mean, no. I know for, for joke's sake, like we're making fun of it, but it isn't really like you. But there was a there was a sense of, Oh my, I knew the awkwardness that you were in. So I'm like, I, 
I cut you like some slack. I'm like, let's just get out of it. You know what I mean? And let's just go to dinner. So we invited the newbie couple to dinner and we're like, do you guys want to eat with us? And let's just, let's have a debrief. <laughs> the, the point of this was, is I had unprotected sex. Well, I guess my question is, it's a bigger question, which is how much fear and how much reality? Well, how, yeah, how much lying and how much pretending that we're all angel child? How much do we all lie about we have protected sex all, all the, the time. time? I need to find these things out. What are the statistics of contracting an STI? Again, if I use myself as a, as a cross-section, you start to get very laid back. You sometimes get so comfortable with other couples that you're like, I yeah. trust that they're clean, yeah. but you don't know who they've been with. Right. So, they're also swingers. Right. So <laughs> no. it's like this weird mentality thing. You're like, oh, well, I know them. Well, you didn't know the nine people that they had sex with since you saw them last. Right. That's the point. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I'm going to get more answers. And I'm going to follow up on this. Okay. I don't know who, I'm, what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something about it. Okay. Hello, I'm still here. Oh my God, Doc, I'm so sorry. We are on the phone right now. It is BJ and Dr. James, who are both in the lifestyle. So these guys are in the lifestyle and they've set up a service for you to get your tests for STIs. I had unprotected sex. This is not something that I do often, but but now I just sound like everybody else in the lifestyle. (laughs) We believe that not everybody in the lifestyle is completely honest when they say they always absolutely have protected sex. Yeah. We call bullshit because we've been in too many situations where people sort of throw caution to the wind and there's no way that you can't not think at that point. Well, how many other people have you thrown caution to the wind? Exactly. I feel special, but now I also feel kind of dirty. That's kind of why we came out and wanted to attack and address with the kink community. Um, Because again, being in the lifestyle, we've been in situations where, Yes, we've noticed that things just don't happen the way ideally they should. And sure, they say yes, then that they get tested regularly and that they always use protection. But aside from even protection, there are other fluids being exchanged. People aren't always honest. And um, sometimes if you're a very active swinger, like some of us may Mm -hmm. be. Lauren. (laughs) We need to be tested a little more frequently than others and going to my doctor every two to three weeks because you know I go to monthly parties and everything else is kind of um getting me weird stares right so VIP testing services comes in handy going really quick into some of the specifics about catching certain things having say safe sex with say a condom it's not necessarily going to protect you from everything right so what is something that a person can acquire Contract. Or contract or, or acquire. I like to speak in stock terms when I'm talking about my STIs. <laughs> yes, for yeah. sure. That's how I yes. that's how I do acquire. it. Acquire. Yeah. I like to acquire my STIs. Mm-hmm. So what is something that really has nothing to do with having safe sex? HPV. Obviously it is that is a skin to skin, yes? So so is herpes. And it's like if you want to absolute safe sex, you could either get tested by us or put a biohazard suit on. People are going to have unprotected sex. It's going to happen. Correct. Is there an overabundance of fear when it comes to STIs? Should people panic? I, I'm not sure panic is the right word, but I it is a concern. And especially in uh, you know swinger community, because people can spread this stuff pretty quickly amongst, go back there, six degrees of freedom. It's like right. uh, you could spread spread the disease to the entire population of the planet in six degrees of freedom. So it can spread very quickly. And some some of them are trivial and they're easily treated. Okay. 
What would be a tri- what would be a trivial one? The non-trivial ones would be uh, HIV, obviously. Hepatitis C is not trivial. He- hepatitis C is curable, right? Unlike HIV, HIV is treatable, but it's not currently not curable. All right, but what if I wake up tomorrow with syphilis? How long till I go crazy from syphilis? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a years thing. Which one does his leg fall off? Tertiary is when you go in- insane and your body parts start falling off. That takes years. That takes years. All right. Okay. I'm kind of a procrastinator. <laughs> But with with syphilis, you can easily not know that you got the primary infection. And once the primary infection is done with, you feel fine. And and the syphilis is sort of hanging around waiting to do its thing. And that can take years. So you could also be a carrier and just spreading it, not knowing that you have it. Correct. Yes. We do have to think of others. And we do have to ethically think of not spreading, not potentially spreading, that's something that you may have or something that you do have. That you should be concerned about that. Right. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. Gonorrhea. How long is that incubation period before? Oh, a matter of days. Days? Really? Yes, you're going to get that pretty quickly. From what I understand, something like herpes can be caught orally. The exposure to any bodily fluid potentially could cause you to acquire an STI. Right. Here, a lot of our demos and a lot of our bigger, heavier nights, not only is there the standard play body fluids, but There's we blood. do have blood play and medical play and that kind of stuff. So not only are we dealing with your sexually transmitted fluids and your salivas. We have sweat, we have blood. There are people that get into golden showers and that kind of stuff. So you've got all that kind of fluid and and bacteria is going on. So really the only safe way to continue to to play and, and be not only good to yourself, but good to your community and society is to be tested regularly. Is it if you are sexually active, you have HPV? Is that a true statement? It is not universally true, but HPV is extremely common. Now, HPV is not that big a deal. The reason being is, you know, the number one issue with HPV is certain serotypes, and there's lots of different ones, right? Lead to uh, malignancy, specifically cervical cancer. Okay, but HPV is the virus that causes warts, and again, there's different kinds. There's kind, you know, a common wart I can get, get on your finger. That's not that's a different serotype, but but cervical cancer is completely preventable. You, with routine check, it's almost impossible to not pick that up before it becomes serious. Obviously, you don't want to have to do that. It's something that, that's that's completely preventable. So, but yes, it's extremely common. What do you what do you think is the most common mistake or the common problem with spreading STIs? Unless you get tested, you might not know you have it. So it's not on your mind because it's like, okay, I, I primary syphilis, it can be completely missed and you may, you could have syphilis, you may have no idea. It's hepatitis C, no idea you have it. Same thing with the video, oftentimes asymptomatic. A lot of the problem comes from people not testing frequently enough. Right. I mean, they, they're going to make poor decisions. They're going to yes. use protection. They're not going to use protection. The problem really stems from people not being educated in, um, in the way to know that really the more active you are, the more frequently you should be getting tested just to ensure that everything is good and that you're acting as responsibly as possible, even when and you're making irresponsible decisions. What is the issue that you you would say is most common with people and not getting tested? It's I think it's convenience is one. If you're going to get tested, at, you can go to your regular doctor. As I, as I like to say, it's like, you know, these days, if you're lucky, you can get an appointment in a week. 
You right. know, you get to t- test it on the next day or so. Results come back three or four days later. Your doctor might not get to them. So so what is the time frame for something like with VIP testing? The last test I did, I they got through test Friday, results Monday. That's one business day. Wow. That's awesome. That's amazing. All right. So go go visit Dr. James and or BJ over at VIP Testing Services. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them on Instagram. If you're on FetLife, you can check them out on FetLife. The main thing that separates them from a lot of different places is the discretion that you get, but mostly that you can talk to Dr. James personally. It's not a tech. It's not a nurse. It's not somebody that's going to just feed you a bunch of crap. They live and exist in the lifestyle world, in the swingers world. World. So it's something that they're going to understand. If you have any questions, go to their website. They have a lot of information there that you can check out everything that you need to know. VIP testing services. What room are you guys in? 1802. 1104. 2304. 2301. We're in 2404. First, what room are you in? 1002. All right, I'll be there in five minutes. Do you always have safe sex? Yes. Yes. Do you always have safe sex? Yes. Safe sex? Yes. Practice safe sex? Always. You always practice safe sex? Absolutely. Did you ever slip and have unprotected sex? Yes. Yes, and it was not planned to do that. Have you ever slipped and accidentally not had safe sex? Yes. Accidentally. Yes. Something has happened. Yes. Did you get tested after you accidentally didn't have safe sex? RNA test, yes. Have you guys ever slipped and accidentally not had safe sex? Not before talking about it. But you have had unprotected sex in the lifestyle? Yes. One protected couple, yes. Okay. Condom came off inside of me. Did you get tested after that? I always get tested. What are you more afraid of catching? Gonorrhea or shingles? Shingles. Have have you had to the chicken pox? Yes. Then the shingles virus is already inside of you. Gonorrhea or the shingles virus? Shingles. Have you had the chicken pox? Yeah. Then the shingles virus is already inside of you, my friend. (laughs) Catching gonorrhea or the shingles virus? Shingles virus. Did you have chicken pox? I did. The shingles is already inside of you. I'm sorry to tell you. All right. Did you always practice safe sex? He's my first and only. He's your first and only? Uh, You just stumped me on my own question. (laughs) I'm going to end it with this. All right. I first have to apologize. This episode is late because you were sick. Blame it on me. Don't get sick. Okay. They're waiting. They don't have time. All right. So big announcement. Malibu Malibu Strings. Strings. If your mission in life is to be banned from the community pool. (laughs) That joke was written for me by our listener, Jeff. But really, Malibu Strings, they got here. They came. And I've been taking pictures and I love it so I much. I know, and they didn't come in a box. They came in a bag. They did. Malibu strings. They come in a sad bag. <laughs> Anybody who's booked through us, thank you so much. As you know, we get uh, 10% commission through Desire if you book through our website. So we really, really appreciate that. It helps us out a lot, mainly with Lauren's drug problem. A lot of people booking through our affiliate. It is blown up. We love everybody that comes to the hotel for us, with us, whatever. And we found ourselves in an odd situation. One of the guests that booked through us, which is we were hanging around them a little too much yeah. to the point that they were like, okay, um, you guys can fuck off now. You, could, We're just going to go now? You guys want to hang out no we really don't thank you for being here thank you for your little bag but if you guys could just get out of our shit oh god it was so no but we could come up here on the weekend if you want and hang out 
I mean, we just turned into a s- insane yeah, people. So uh, we promised that we will try to figure out that balance of what hanging out is appropriate, what is a little stalky. Too much. All right. I also want to thank these people, these Patreon. I actually don't even know how to say the word for sending money to strangers to us. Who are, who Jim are Jim and Pam? Thank you, Jim and Pam. We actually got to meet Jim and Pam recently in the workshops, and we adore you. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. But seriously, stop sending money stop to strangers. It. It's just, it's stupid. But we're not taking it off our page. <laughs> All right. So what else have we learned? I think we have to think about safe sex as making sure that we don't spread any potential something that we might have to the population as opposed to, I don't want to catch any of your disgusting virus. Right. Keeping the community safe and that's your responsibility but at the same time bareback sex does feel really good fun i mean it feels really good i gotta be honest yeah and you can have bareback sex if you want to meet your people and get tested and do that it's your decision i felt like i taught that doctor a lot i feel like he's going to use beaver bone in his lexicon now in a meeting with other doctors (laughs) and saying we need to talk about the beaver bone today We've also learned that still a lot of people think squirting is complete vaginal juices. It is not. It is pee. I'm going to tell them about Facebook. Facebook's there. You can go to it. All right. Now tell them about Twitter. Twitter is Room 77 Podcast. Also Instagram, Room 77 Podcast. And every time we get a new follower, I come. (laughs) It's a true story. Book your trip through room77podcast.com. Use my box. Click on Lauren's box. We will see you next time in part two of this episode that we haven't named yet. (laughs) And that about does it for us. For more information, photos, or to contact us, go to room77podcast.com. Thanks for stopping by Room 77. We had a blast. Now get your clothes and get out.